everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hey! Hello! Hey. You're listening to episode 80 of Hop Culture. Uh, so it's been a while since we've introduced ourselves, and we have a few new listeners. So I wanted to just do a quick refresher on, on who we are and, and what this podcast is all about. So like the intro said, uh, we're four sisters. We're living in, well, we were living in different time zones. <laughs> when Technically, we recorded it. as a group, we live in two time zones now. <laughs> But it's it's yes. it's not as accurate as it once was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, when we started the podcast in 2020, I was living in Utah. Anne was in California. Tess had just come home from serving as a missionary, so she was in Alaska living with her parents for a little bit. And then Claire was in Cleveland, Ohio. In the space of two years, um, our locations have totally changed. So now I live in Michigan. Grace also lives right outside of Cleveland, pretty close to where Claire lives, and Tess and her husband just moved to Missouri. So we have had a lot of experience with moving around and adjusting to new locations and learning to find our groove in a new place with new people. Um, So today we are having a conversation I've been looking forward to actually for a long time. I'm really excited about this one. So um, we're inviting you guys as listeners along on an episode of our Hop Culture Book Club. And we are going to be talking about the book, This Is Where You Belong, The Art and Science of Loving the Place You Live. And it's written by Melody Warnick. Um, So I've actually read this book a couple times. Um, I first discovered it right after we moved to Cleveland in 2018. And I was having kind of a hard time feeling, you know, like this was home. Um... And I think part of the problem was just that, you know, I've never lived uh, west of Utah, <laughs> or I mean, east of Utah. So it just was a totally different part of the country. Um, and we didn't move around growing up. And so I don't have a lot of experience with moving. Um, the only other time I'd moved out of state was just for college. And I'd lived in Utah ever since then. So it was just a big, you know, life change. Um But I think a lot of my problem, too, was similar. I related a lot to this author and kind of her experience in the intro to her book. So um, she kind of recaps that they had moved around a lot um, in her early marriage and they kind of were perennial movers, which was not my experience. But she did say every time she moved, she kind of thought like, oh, this will this new location is going to solve all my problems. I'm going to be a new person. I'm going to have better habits. You know, the frustrations I have in life are going to, like, my problems are going to melt away. And this next place is going to be like the magic bullet, you know, for so many things. It's going to be like the start of just all my dreams coming true kind of a thing. Um, And I totally related to that because I loved living in Utah and it was hard to leave. Um, But I I did feel like this move to Cleveland was going to be like such a big change and it was going to be this adventure. And I totally had these aspirations um, that it was going to solve all my problems. And it was just like the, you know, the thrill of possibility kind of, I think, was like mm-hmm. really exciting. Then when I got here, I, it was fine, but it just wasn't it. I was like, this wasn't exactly like what I was imagining. And it was harder than I thought. And it was really easy for me to kind of fall into a funk of just like really disliking living here. So that's really kind of that was the impetus for her to look into the research and kind of see what kind of actions um, people can take to love where they live. Yes. And we want to talk about our own experiences with the principles that uh, she shares in the book. But before we dive in, I want to share a few interesting facts from the introduction. So first of all, Americans are one of the most mobile populations in the world, with um, 12% of Americans moving each year. Although 
that number has gone down since the pandemic. Um, and the author also says, she also quotes the demographer Richard Florida, who says that there are three types of people, the mobile, the stuck, and the rooted. The rooted are the people who have the resources to move if they wanted to, but choose to stay where they are. And research shows that stayers have many more pro-social behaviors than movers. So the question is, what makes you rooted? Yes. And that's kind of like, I thought that we should recap the idea of the mobile, the stuck, and the rooted. Because as uh, Melody says in the book, we talk a lot about, you know, mobile people that can kind of just pick up and move to a new city or, or have the resources or the flexibility to, you know, buy that winter home in Florida. Or, you know, they, they can go where they want to go. And then we acknowledge that there are people that don't have those resources for a variety of reasons. But it's really interesting to look at the people that could leave if they wanted to, but feel like where they are is home and like choose to stay there. Um, But I did think that she did a good job. And I feel like we should at the beginning kind of acknowledge like there's more like where you live does have a big effect on you. And it's more than just like, well, if you just have a good attitude, you know, bloom where you're planted is is an old thought. You know, that's not really like groundbreaking information. Um, But there's more that goes into your experience in a place than just like your attitude. Um, And that's a big reason why, you know, you can talk to two different people about living in Alaska, which is where we grew up. And, you know, we knew people that were like, you will bury me in Alaska. Like, I will never leave. I love it here. And we knew people that like absolutely hated Alaska and like couldn't leave quick enough, you know? So you can talk to two people that live in the same place and have vastly different experiences. And it can be like, your job situation, um, the friends and support system you have, the weather, your health, you know, there's so many, the, there's just so many things that go into where you live and it does have an effect on you. Like there's research to show that geography has an effect on people. Um, but I feel like she did a good job of having research to show like that there are some actions that the people who are rooted consistently take over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so it is a pretty research heavy, heavy book. um, And it's one of those ones that, so I was reading the, some of the reviews on Goodreads, uh, and the negative reviews were sort of an interesting split of like, some of the negative reviews were like, the research, why did she go across the country interviewing people and researching like that was that really took away from the book. I just liked her personal anecdotes. And then the other half of the negative reviews were like, like, I hated her anecdotes. I wish it had just been research instead of her dumb <laughs> stuff. It was like, people were totally split on what what they wanted from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that both of them made it a more interesting read. So Yeah, I wouldn't really want to read a book that's just like a random lady walking to the supermarket and like, exactly. yeah, like, yeah, I'm really like, take away from the book. Another thing, I read a couple of them that were pretty angry at, like, that she was talking about moving as if it was a choice. And they were like, well, I, like, that's a rich person thing. I only have ever, like, I only move for money. But she was very clear in her book that they had just recently moved, like, for work. For a job. And she also did a good job of acknowledging that there are people who don't have the resources to leave. Like, I thought she mm-hmm. she acknowledged that, you know, that, yeah, like. I, I don't know. So I, I felt like. Some of the negative reviews were had maybe missed missed the point of the book. And she but. also said that they couldn't afford to buy a house when they got... Oh, I, I don't think we mentioned she moved to Blacksburg, Virginia. Sorry, I should have mentioned that in the beginning. So that's where all of her her anecdotes are like focusing on with her mm-hmm. own experience. So I didn't... I don't know. I disagree with that. Like, I didn't yeah, feel like had, she was... She had just moved... They had just moved to somewhere that she was not excited to move to because of a job Mm -hmm. so it was it was definitely not saying like i don't know her experiences were not like the the reviewer was like i guess for some people it's a hobby to just move to get rid of your friends maybe a better technique would just not to be have those bad friends in the first place i was like i think she just (laughs) she started out with just like a little humorous personal like Mm -hmm. thing that i've identified with which was like Sometimes when you move, you imagine that all of the things that have been piling up, 
all of your responsibilities mm-hmm. are just going to go away. Totally. Yeah. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and that's like a pretty universal. Oh, it totally is. I remember feeling. like leaving. I loved Utah and had like great friends there. It wasn't like I was trying to run away from relationships or anything. I had like a great support system there, but there's just little things that are stressful. Like the place we lived, our landlords were not very good, you know, things like that where I'm like, oh, I'm getting out of this, you know, like I'm not going to have to deal with these landlords anymore. Just things that are kind of like weigh on you over time. And it, it is kind of like, it's going to be totally different. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the next place. Like, it, it's not. So yeah, she has these 10 basic behaviors of people who love their town. Um, and so I'm, we're going to list them, but I would definitely say read, read the book if you want to dig in a little bit more on these. So it was walk more, buy local, get to know your neighbors, do fun stuff, explore nature, volunteer, eat local, become more political, create something new, and stay loyal through hard times. So the author shares her experience testing out each principle, um, but since we don't want to regurgitate the whole book, we thought we'd just share some of our own experiences with these, especially since we've all moved in the past few years. Do you guys feel rooted in the place that you live right now? Um, I feel like I do feel rooted. I feel like um, it's, and I mean, we had kind of the unique experience of like living here pre-COVID and now, I mean, we're not out of COVID, but like, I do feel like the year 2020 was sort of like this dividing period, you know, of like our time here in Cleveland. And I think honestly, it was kind of a, this is maybe jumping ahead to like, stay loyal kind of through hard times. I would say 2020 was a very hard time. And I do feel like kind of going through that here in Cleveland, like that will always be a standout time, you know, of like our lives. And that will kind of, I think, had bonded us to like this location a little bit since we were literally stuck here for a year. Um, But... Uh, yeah, I do feel like we it'll be four years for us in October. And in the book, she said, I think like two to four years is kind of like the typical time that research shows that people start to feel. She uses the term place attachment a lot. So we'll probably use that phrase too. It's kind of self-explanatory. Um, but so that would make sense that like, you know, we felt that way. Um, and I don't necessarily think that Cleveland is like, oh, we'll always live here. You know, I don't know what the future holds, but I do feel like the first couple times we went on trips and came back, I was like, oh, it felt like kind of like we're going back to Cleveland, but it didn't really feel like we're going home. And now I do feel like when we go on a trip, we start to, it's starting to feel like, oh, like we're coming home, you know, and like it feels familiar. Um, so yeah. I would say I feel very rooted here. I feel like I'm on my way to feeling rooted. Like I've been here almost a year um, and there's definitely like things that I can already think of that, that I would miss if I moved like places to eat or like uh, things to do or see or streets or, mm-hmm. or just like, I don't know, st- stuff here that's so different from like in the West. Um I don't know. I, I I feel like I'm getting to have like place attachment with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Well, I technically am rooted here because we could move <laughs> away if we wanted to, but we um aren't <laughs> at the moment. Um, but I famously hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> I loved California, and when we first moved here like there were things about California at the time living there that I was like excited to get away from mainly like the cost of living (laughs) um but once we got here I was just like I want to go back to California I hate the weather there's nothing to do it's ugly in the winter like there were just so many things that I hated about living in Michigan um but as time has gone on and, you know, I have kind of put down more roots here and done some of the things on this list, 
I think I have become, you know, more rooted. It feels a little bit more like home. Um, so I don't know. I guess I feel slightly rooted, but there's definitely I still have a a way to go because I I definitely don't don't <laughs> love it here yet. <laughs> um well, I I have only lived here for about a month, so <laughs> I don't know if it's possible for me to feel rooted here, but um, but I love it here. So I, but it's also hard when you know that you, that your time is fleeting mm-hmm. in a place. Yeah. It's a different experience. It's hard to feel rooted. And that's, that's something that I was like thinking about as I was reading this book was like, how do I apply this when I know that like I have to move, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though like. I would be happy. I feel like I would be happy here for at least a few more years than we're going to spend here. But, um, but how do I still like feel rooted even if I know I'm not? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's something that I think I struggled with when we moved here because we knew or we thought we knew that we would only be here for a couple years while Matt was in school. And so I, I tried to have a good attitude about living here, (laughs) even though I didn't like it. Um, But also I knew it would take a lot of work to genuinely love it here. And I was kind of like, "Eh, it's just not worth it when we're going to be moving. But Mm -hmm. in the end, like we're actually staying here a little bit longer by choice. And I wish, you know, that I would have put in the work earlier (laughs) to, enjoy living here is it too personal to ask like why you guys are staying by choice if you famously hate it (laughs) Um, (laughs) i well mostly laziness i would say (laughs) because moving is such a hassle but also um we don't really know where we would go Uh, we kind of want to live in florida but we're like that's so random to just pick up and move to florida for no reason when we have no family there so we're like we you know we're comfortable here and we've put so much work into this house mainly like Mm -hmm. that it would be sad to leave it Mm -hmm. um and also we live closer to grace and claire than you know than we would live if we moved to Florida. So mm-hmm. at least we live mm-hmm. somewhat near some family right now. So yeah, there's just a few things keeping us here. But I'm flattered we factored into it. I've never heard yeah. my name on the list in the past. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just no, kidding. I love you, <laughs> I know. Uh, I'll tell you this, Anne. If you moved to Florida, you would have at least one family member there pretty shortly (laughs) well she mentioned in the book the experience how common it is for people to vacation and look around and be like let's look at real estate which i think is just such an escapism like mental Mm -hmm. game we all do it's so true so true (laughs) and actually thinking about florida i love florida and i totally support anyone's decision to move there but i did get more of a glimpse like luke and i went this summer and we loved it but (laughs) we also it was kind of early on uh in my pregnancy and so we had some like medical scares and (laughs) it just like like the stress of it Mm -hmm. was like going through that in florida made me realize like oh it's not perfect here it's just Mm -hmm. that last time i was here it was christmas i was with my Mm -hmm. whole family all my (laughs) nieces and nephew and it was like and i still loved it but it did kind of like bring it home for me that like stress follows you anywhere exactly (laughs) you don't get to just escape because you move totally the episode you know the episode of 30 rock where they go to cleveland Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> That's, and oh my gosh in. yeah i love that one <laughs> i honestly sometimes feel that way in cleveland too where i'm just like wow it's amazing it's so funny for those of us um, clevelanders that is like an iconic clip because <laughs> it's like the only time cleveland's gotten a good edit in like any tv yeah, it's show like, it's like but when he's like he's like we all want to flee to the cleave from time to time or something like that. <laughs> to the cleave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's why we have to stay here because we we enjoy the occasional 
flee to the country. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Do you guys think it's important to feel rooted where you live? Um, yes, but I don't really know why I feel that way. Like when we moved to Cleveland, it was really bothersome to me that it didn't feel like home. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason was maybe because we didn't have like an end date on when we would leave. Um, Cause it's been interesting. I've never had, I don't know. I mean, I guess college, but then we lived in Utah for a while after college too, you know? So I guess I've never really had the experience of being like, okay, we're going to live here for three years. Like we grew up in an area um, with a lot of military families and they, our family was in the military was not in the military, but they were always a good example to me because they were typically very good at like moving in, making themselves at home, being very friendly and like adjusting. But it was like they often did have like three year deadline on living in Alaska. And so it was like, we're going to move in. We're going to make friends. We're going to have all the cool experiences knowing that like we won't live here forever. And sometimes I wonder I don't know, like Tess, you tell me and Anne, if kind of living somewhere just for school helps you kind of be like, okay, maybe this isn't my favorite place, but like I'm going to make good memories while we're here. That's not necessarily the same as being rooted, but I wonder if that takes a little bit of the pressure off because it's like, oh, I don't have to make this feel like my forever home. Whereas when you're just kind of like, well, we're just living here for a job. Like, I guess we could stay if like we found a better job here, you know, and it's kind of open-ended. It's like, that pressure of like, do I like it here? Like, should we stay? Is this our forever home? So I think part of the reason it's important to me is just that like we didn't move growing up and Mm -hmm. our childhood was like living in Alaska was a very formative part of our identity. identity. Exactly. I think that's part of why it's like subconsciously a big deal to me. And especially for my kids, I'm like, well, I want them to like – feel like they're from somewhere or have that be like mm-hmm. a good part of their childhood. And so I don't know. Plus I'm just like feeling part of a community is just like really important to me. I've never really put it into words, but it's just like I can't imagine living somewhere and not wanting to feel like connected to like the greater community of like who's there too. So it just I don't know. Yeah, it is, yeah. but I've never really thought about why it would be important to me. Yeah, I think so. Our first winter here in Michigan shook me to my core. (laughs) It was horrible. I was just like not used to winter anymore. And it was just so I can't I can't emphasize enough how ugly. Well, it was also wasn't it 2020, (laughs) like the winter of 2020, 2021. So it was a really that was a hard winter for it was bad to move somewhere new. Then last winter was our second winter here. And it was the same, you know, ugliness, um, but knowing or at least thinking like we will be leaving. This is our last winter here. Mm-hmm. Made it so much more doable <laughs> that I didn't feel quite as like dark about it. So in some ways, I think, yeah, I think there's like not as much pressure when you know that you're not going to live somewhere forever. But at the same time... If you don't do things to make yourself feel at home and feel more comfortable, then, like, you're not, I don't know, you don't feel as happy, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you need to make a place your own. Kind of like when you're renting an apartment and you you have the attitude of, like, I can't do anything to make this nice. It's just this ugly apartment. But, like, if you were to put up, like, some art or like you know make it more homey and make it more your own then you would probably feel a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. and that's a good analogy like, happier that's very true for me i don't feel like it's that important for me to feel rooted in everywhere that i live i want it's the type of thing that i want to feel in some of the places that i live but like i feel like i'd be totally happy to live somewhere for like 6 months or a year and not really like get involved in the community at all and not learn a ton of local stuff. But like at the same time, I would, I guess it's just that maybe some of her list of 10 things 
are less important to me than others. Mm-hmm. Like being yeah. involved in the community is not as important to me as like exploring the nature mm-hmm. of an area. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. I feel like loving wherever I live in whatever way that I can, because some places are better for me than others, but finding reasons to love it is important to me. But I agree. Sometimes you don't really need to feel rooted in in that like I could live here forever because I have you know I'm so involved and so invested in this place because yeah we won't be here for very long but I do agree Claire that I think that I can look at some like (laughs) we when we first moved here we started calling it Corksville because it it just has like some very um It just has such funny things. Right now, there's a manhunt going on, which is not funny, but (laughs) (laughs) we can laugh about it. And, like, when we first moved in, everyone was saying, like, all the students were like, we're going to go to this blueberry farm. You can pick blueberries. It's right outside of town. And then we found out, like, two days later, this is also very sad, birds came in and took the whole crop. Oh, no. Oh. Does that not, uh, do they not okay. have, like... They're okay financially, but... I know, I'm like, how do they... How do they prevent that, that yearly? Year? I don't how know. The, yeah, like, how come the birds <laughs> didn't do it last year? I don't know. That's See, that's what make, that's what gives it so much character. And I'm like, this is just, <laughs> like, it's funny. Like, this is, like, no other place I've ever lived. And it doesn't have to stack up to any other place that I've lived because... I'm just going to be here and and love it for what it is. So I don't know. I don't I think that yeah, certain places you don't need to feel rooted, but it does seem like a very stressful thing to find your forever place and like that sounded horrible. Find your forever People love talking about forever, forever homes love. and forever places yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Here's an unpopular opinion. I don't know that I believe in forever homes. Like, Mm -mm. I hear people throw that phrase around when they're, like, building a house, and it's like, this is our forever house. I think – I just think, like, life is so long, you just don't know. Mm -hmm. I think when people say forever home, it's like – what they're really getting at is, like, this is the home that, like, our children will leave from, you know, and maybe, like – it's like the home that our kids will call home when they think back on growing up or, you know, things yeah. like that. But I'm kind of like, like eh. for the foreseeable, like they have, they have no intention of ever leaving. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I don't you know. know. They're rooted. Could yeah, they're rooted. change yeah. if something changed. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think I, maybe I just have issues with like committing to something, but I'm like, I don't think I could ever call anything my forever <laughs> home. What if a better home comes along? Same. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's move on. And discuss which, um, Grace mentioned that some rooted behaviors are easier than others. So which ones are easiest for you guys? Um, I think eat local is Mm -hmm. pretty easy. That's, in my opinion, the most fun part of moving somewhere new is figuring out what good places there are to eat. And like, you know, asking around like, oh, like, you know, what's the go-to place? Even though I say that as someone who loves Chick-fil-A. We've talked about yeah. Culver's on here many times. I'm like, I eat at plenty of chain restaurants, too. I was going to say, also, <laughs> you cook so much. That's true. But I mean, when we do get to go out, it's more just because we don't have the money to eat out more. <laughs> like, I wish we did. Um, but, like, I don't know. I think, in my opinion, many of my memories of, like, Cleveland and Utah and even growing up in Alaska are attached to, like, restaurants mm-hmm. and, like, places yeah. that I've loved to yeah. eat. <laughs> so that's, like... I don't know. Even though the first night we moved here, we ate drumroll Kodoba. So, I mean, <laughs> there's something about the comfort of a national chain when you've had, mm-hmm. like, a stressful life experience. But I do feel like eating local is kind of a no-brainer when you move somewhere new and you kind of want to, like, feel a little mm-hmm. more at home. Yeah. Did you think her story about becoming a regular at a restaurant was kind of do you guys remember that part? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the third place concept, um, right? Wasn't that kind of when – because I think the the regular – so there's this idea of like a third place. Like you have work and you have home. But one of the rooted concepts, there's research that shows that like people that feel really at home often have like a third place that's like 
I just always think of Central Perk on Friends. It's like kind of like another place that is not work or home, but like you feel comfortable. It could be like a park in your neighborhood that is just kind of like your go-to. I would say for me, it's always been church. That's kind of like my no-brainer. And I'm I'm grateful that like I've always had that. Um, But I think that was when she was trying to become the regular at the restaurant, right? Was she was trying to see if she could develop a third place. It was funny because I feel like she was really forcing that specific. It didn't seem like she really liked. Exactly. She didn't seem like she restaurant. liked that restaurant. She's like, <laughs> it was a local joint. And I was like, you don't even seem like thrilled about the food. I would pick my very favorite restaurant personally. Yeah, like she didn't mm-hmm. like the food. She was mad. It kept having turnover. She was trying to make friends with like the wait staff, but they were like young people who kept having turn. I was like, well, pick a different, go somewhere where it's like. The owners are the ones mm-hmm. family working owned. at the restaurant. Grace, like, tell about the family owned pizza place. <laughs> there's, there's this family owned pizza place that's it's I, it makes me so mad. Um, well, but you love it's really good. Pizza. I was say you like the pizza. <laughs> it's my favorite pizza place in Cleveland. It's only open until I think until like six p.m. Maybe. Oh, man. Which seems like peak, that's when peak pizza time Which starts. Which is like when pizza, because they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's family owned, so we're not going to be open past six. And even <laughs> on like the weekends, I think it's like maybe closed Sunday and open to like maybe like 4 p.m. on Sunday. It's like something crazy for a pizza restaurant. <laughs> and I was like, just, you can still have family owned. And what if you like pre-made the dough and then you had some local people like some employees who worked there in the evening and like you've made the sauce and you've made everything and they just like assemble the pizzas or something. Because like the idea of having to go to get pizza at like 5 PM, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. why it drives me crazy. But it's just, <laughs> it's just so, so weird to me that like it's open and then it closes like right as it's funny. Cause it's like going. a lot of, businesses are family owned but they like hire employees to like, yeah. <laughs> stay open i mean and it's a tough time for businesses so maybe they just like haven't been able to get employees but it's a funny way to phrase it like not just yeah. like oh we're short on staff but like we're family owned so we won't be open in the evenings and it's, like, i think it's always been this way because all the like the yelp reviews are like i just wish it were open for dinner and then like the owner will like respond and be like we're family owned so it closes at six <laughs> I love it. Um, I've never been a local at any restaurant besides the Carl's Jr. in Eagle River when they knew that we wanted six cakes when we would drive yeah. through six chocolate cakes. We were the six chocolate and cakes. And that's really sad. Um, I do remember when we were little and we'd go to Thai Kitchen, which is our favorite restaurant in Alaska. And it was when mom was pregnant with Tess and we like came in and it was a family family owned but hey, they had good hours. It's a family-owned restaurant, and it was one of those places that you would want to be think of being a regular because it was like a little grocery store in the front, and the restaurant was in the back in like this random strip mall. And I remember like we came in, and they were like, "Oh, did you have the baby?" And they're like, "Is it a boy or a girl?" And Mom's like, it was, it's a girl. And the girl was like, "Yo, it's a girl!" Like to the kitchen. Aww. It was really cute. So I was like, hey, we were regulars at Thai Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I've never been a regular, I don't think, at a restaurant. Maybe people, I don't know, I maybe have I have. been a regular, but no one knows. Yes. No one was happy to see you. <laughs> I've had that experience. Well, because that's probably in true. Napa, we lived across from a place called Happy's Donut, and they had the best donuts I have ever had in my whole life. And I would walk over there frequently and get a donut and it's funny because like that's one of the things i miss the most or at least like most frequently about living in napa because i just haven't found a good donut here Mm -hmm. and i think about the donuts there all the time and like it's yeah and i can think of places in when we lived in vineyard in utah that we would go frequently i'm kind of some people like to try a lot of different places to kind of explore their city. And I think that's a really awesome way to get to know where you live. But I am scared to spend money on something I'm not going to like. Mm-hmm. So, it's true. So we become like, I don't know, regulars, I guess, at like places that we we enjoy. And 
you do become really attached to those places and they become really memorable. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like value in both, um, both ways of doing it. But I agree. Um, I think that one behavior rooted behavior that is usually pretty easy for me is like doing fun stuff and exploring nature. Um, mm-hmm. here, like I said, there is a manhunt. So our state park has been shut down. Um, so oh reading, how long it's only been ha, week, how long has this been going on? Really sad. <laughs> reading this book was making me sad because I was like, "Oh man, I want to be, you know, at the lake." But the lake. Wow, has been I didn't realize it was that serious um, that like places are shut down because of this manhunt. Well, it's such a small town that one person on the run, I guess, just mm-hmm. <laughs> shuts the whole town down. How did it get to be that someone is on the run in Kirksville? Like, where did they come he from? He came from the park. <laughs> he was, well, he came from near the park and then he went into the park and we're all, it's it's like the talk of the town here. But uh, my point is, usually I'm I'm pretty good at like finding, you know, trails and and like being in nature. And still there's like, we have good parks in our town and we have like a pool, like a community pool with water slides and stuff. And we went to Nauvoo, which was really, really fun. So I think that's just something that like, I think everyone is pretty good at, but we could all be better at is just like finding, Mm -hmm. finding fun things to do once. I don't know. It just, it just makes you feel like you're living in the best place ever. If you can have just like a, a day of fun. Mm-hmm. I would say those are probably the three that come like the most naturally. Mm-hmm. And they are important. But I do kind of think the other ones that are maybe like a little less glamorous might be more effective long term at helping a place like really feel like home. Because they um, she talked about the lady Gertie who lived in that like really tiny town in West Virginia. And she was just like born and bred it was like this town that had had this horrible like mining tragedy and you know there were it was not an easy or like fun place to live but that was like her home you know and Mm -hmm. um you know it's like yeah it's when you move somewhere new especially if it's one of those quote-unquote like fun cities that people would be like oh that sounds like a fun place to live um it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to go, like, do all the fun things, pro sports, go to concerts, eat good food. But like the author said, she lived in Austin, Texas, which I feel like is a place that people – I mean, I, I'm i like, let's move to Austin. <laughs> I've never <laughs> even been there. But I have friends that live there. It sounds really fun. Like, everything I've heard about it is like, oh, that would be a fun place to live. But she hated it, you know? So it's like, again, people can have totally different experiences making somewhere home. And it's like kind of the difference between, like – a vacation and actually feeling like you really belong somewhere kind of, you know, that's true. Mm -hmm. I do think though, I think that there is fun everywhere. So like if you're in and it's easier when you're in a fun city to, I agree that like when you're in somewhere fun, like I always feel like Boise is my Austin where I'm like, I'm going to move to Boise. (laughs) I have no, I really am like, that's my place. I've never been there. Um, but I am like, that's like the Mecca of, of everything. But, um, but here it's just like a tiny little town, but I think that, um, that's where the create something new also comes in where like, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not like a fun place naturally, like not a place that you would be like, oh, there's beautiful trails. There's, you know, whitewater rafting. There's amazing community things and water parks and whatever but if you can create something that like becomes like a fun a fun like little festival or if you can even just like create I don't know like I went on this little food and art walk in Provo that was like just someone in the town organized it and it was so much fun and it would be so easy to do something like that um, mm-hmm. that's not something I'm good at. That's just something that I think would be effective <laughs> if I ever did. Yeah. I think create something new. Cause that was the one that I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. Frankly, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work, <laughs> but I think that could be like a tradition maybe that your family, like I think create something new could be like a tradition and maybe like inviting 
friends along or like creating a tradition with your neighbors or something. Yeah, it doesn't have to necessarily be like a citywide thing, but involving a few other people in some kind of tradition or get together that like you do regularly, I think could count mm-hmm. as like trying something or creating something new. Um, so which of these do you guys feel like, which of these behaviors do you think has made the biggest difference for you? And maybe it is the ones that we already talked about, but as far as feeling rooted, what has been like the most effective behavior? Well, one that surprised me that was on her list, but I do, I agree with, I don't know if I would say it's the most effective, but the become more political one that is something that always makes me think of Alaska mm-hmm. because I just knew the local politics of Alaska pretty well. Like all the key players. Like the Partly because we like had the, dad. Some different little cities. Yeah, we had I dad. We had dad, dad ranting in the car about like <laughs> the stories about politicians. I did several like intern political internships or like internship for like a political research company. Like, I, I don't know. I just knew so much of the politics. So sometimes like, like the, when dad was staying with me a few months ago, he was telling me some story about like, guess what this politician did. And it was, it was so funny. And it, like, I just, I loved it. And then I was like, Oh, when I was reading this, I was like, that would be fun to know that mm-hmm. for wherever I like any, anywhere you live, there's going to be some little bit of government or mm-hmm. something to like be involved in, know about. And like, it just makes you feel like, passionate about what happens Mm -hmm. to your city exactly and politics gets such a bad rap as far as like oh and i almost feel like it's like a i don't know if an insult but like if you're like well you know so-and-so like she's really political and it's kind of like almost i don't know maybe other people don't consider it kind of like a negative thing you're like you are loudly opinionated without you're very polarized yeah what other people around you are thinking i think that's yeah more like you're insensitively outspoken in like group (laughs) settings or something like that you know um but i don't think it should be an insult because especially locally we desperately need people to be more involved and it's a lot of times Mm -hmm. like the same people that keep running for things or even voting you know it's like i'm I a thousand percent could do better at being more aware. And I'll admit, like, I'm guilty of um, like our school district is going through some big changes right now and there's a lot of buzz about it. And I have been like, I really should sit down and like read up on this because I've kind of had the thought of like, well, we probably won't still live here like by the time our kids are in high school. So like my say doesn't really matter. I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not informed enough to really like make a difference but it's like well we might still live here and my kids go to these schools and like I should I kind of like feel like I owe it to like my town to at least know what's going on kind of you know but I need to do I need to do a lot better at that um I feel like the one that's probably made the biggest difference for me um would be volunteering and then maybe like getting to know your neighbors and they kind of go hand in hand um I mean, we have the opportunity to volunteer for a lot of things through church, which is like for us geographically organized. So that is I'm I'm grateful for kind of like that built in way of moving somewhere and like diving right into that, having a way to like get to know people and find people that could need help. Um, that's great. But our where we live, like our church congregation is spread out over I don't know how many different cities, but like several different cities. It's not like just my neighborhood by any means. Um, And I remember when we first moved here, someone asked me, it was like a couple weeks after we moved in, someone asked me, they're like, so are you feeling like integrated into the community? And I I like kind of like laughed. I was like, no, I was like, no, like I'm, I I was not that rude, but I was like, um, not yet, you know? And in my head, I was like, how would I feel integrated into the community? I have two little kids. I'm home with them all day. I have no way to meet anyone. We were heading into winter. You know, I was like, no, I don't know a soul, you know? Um, And I've been grateful as our kids have gotten older for the chance to get involved like in their schools. And I'm not like super involved or anything, but um, even just to be like a room parent or help out in their classroom or come to their like volunteer to like go on a field trip 
And that has helped me feel so much more connected to like our neighborhood and kind of be able to recognize like some of the other parents and the kids from year to year and just to feel like, oh, I'm trying in my small little way to like contribute to this place, you know, and like offer whatever I have to offer. I feel like that really, really helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, I was going to say volunteering is also and I think, yeah, just volunteering for all kinds of things like volunteering, like not just like helping people in the community, which I think is super important. Um, but also just like, sometimes I'm kind of the one like lying low in like social groups and being the one to volunteer, like we, you know, everyone can come to my house for book club or like different things like Mm -hmm. that. It's like, it's hard to do for me, but it's very effective when I like feel like I'm contributing. And then Mm -hmm. another one, okay, back to my create something new. That was one that I was um, I've never, I haven't really been great at this, um, since I was in Alaska, but I did have to do an internship last year where we were trying to like pitch our ideas for how we could redesign one area of Provo. And, um, <laughs> I felt bad because I was like, oh, I would, th- I love this. I would totally like get more involved in, even more involved in this project if I wasn't going to move soon, which is a terrible like thought process. But I do think it depends on your phase of life, like how much mm-hmm. you can really accomplish where yeah, you live. Yeah, there are seasons. But it was really like, you don't realize how much is out there. Like there, we got involved with all these like groups that were advocating for like a more walkable Provo and more parks in Provo and like just different like groups. And it was so fun to see like what they were trying to accomplish and what they were trying to create in Provo. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just very satisfying. So even just like getting involved with one of those groups or just becoming aware of like what they're always having, like I feel like in every town there's, there's someone advocating for something good in the town. And if you just mm-hmm. like find it and, and kind of become aware of it, like, a lot of times they're doing kind of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I also would say um, create something new has made the biggest difference for us, but um, I kind of view it through a lens of like creating something new in our own home <laughs> in like a very like micro sense, I guess, because um, – we have not created anything new in our community, <laughs> just just in our own home. But that's like by far, you know, one of the biggest things keeping us here and that has made us like more comfortable here. But I also would love to bring up like the topic of sidewalks with our um, community because it is not at all walkable mm-hmm. where I live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things on this list was walk more. And I would love to walk more because I think that really does make a huge difference in just feeling rooted in your town. Um, but I can't walk anywhere because there's no sidewalk. So <laughs> um, that's something that I would like to try to create in our town. Yeah, walking more is, yeah, you totally should. Well, and I guess, I mean, I guess I'm, I don't know if it would count as political or create something new. I forgot that I did. Your stop sign. I whined to the police department about trying to get a four-way stop near our house. And they didn't do that, but they did put up one of those like speeding (laughs) sensor things Mm. literally in front of our house. (laughs) I don't know if it's making any difference, but I don't know if it was just, I don't think it was just me. My neighbor and friend was teasing me. She was like, she's like, you had something to do with this. I just know it. Um, and I'm like, I'm proud if I did. Uh, but yeah, I do think like just taking an interest in making it a better place is like huge, you know. Um, and walking, we, our mom was big on walking, just like forcing us to walk places growing <laughs> up. We've talked about that before. I feel like we're going to ask the question next. Have you had any bad experiences with any of these principles? Like when you've tried them, I would say I've had plenty of bad experiences trying to walk places that were way too far <laughs> in a car. Things seem so much closer than they yeah, are in yeah. real life. Um, and we live like near a pretty fun. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Like a 
a shopping center sounds bad. It's like a there's like a food court and some it's like a mixed use area. There's like apartments mm-hmm. and um some shopping and stuff. And it's it was open like right when we moved in. So we we were totally like, oh, that's so cool. We'll walk there. And I could probably count on one. We've gone there plenty of times. I could probably count on one hand the number of times we've walked. The first time we tried to walk there was when Grace was visiting when we first moved here. And do you remember that, Grace? It started snowing on the way home. <laughs> oh, and it was like... Every time, I, I feel like every time that we go there, we walk. Well, you do guys... You only walk when our family's here? Kind of, because it's just like, well, something to do. Um, yeah. Plus, I need more adults to help us walk. We've walked there a couple times. Uh, it's honestly mostly... It's because I know mom and dad love walking places. So, they love walking. So I'm like, <laughs> let's walk to ice cream. Like, like when we don't have enough time, they're like, well, we'll, we'll walk to Mitchell's and then we'll... Someone will drive the That's van. That's what we did last drive time. Us home. Well, I so I drove the van and you guys all walked and I met you there and then when we got there. Dad's like, "Good thing you brought the van. That was a long walk." <laughs> I was what? like, "I feel like we've walked it's, there before." Not a long walk. With the kids going at a With snail's pace, it yeah. is. I think yeah. Penny was being carried like halfway into the walk. Um, and remember, I'll tell you. Oh, oh go ahead. I was gonna say. Dad, remember how dad has tried to walk to get mom a pop at the gas station? And it's like, it's right outside our neighborhood. But I mean, it's not like that pop is going to be flat and (laughs) watery by the time you get back. Yeah, no one should be walking with a pop in the heat. It's just not a good idea. I bought a special cup holder that attaches to a bike (gasps) solely for the purpose of biking to go get pop. Love that idea. A bike will work. Um, I would say by far my worst experience with this list has been getting to know neighbors. Oh, <laughs> I thought you like your neighbors. Well, my neighbors here are fine, but that one is just can be, it's such a mixed bag. It's scary. You know? Yeah, it's intimidating. <laughs> like, remember the neighbors that used to make me babysit their 18-month-old? Yeah. I didn't know if you were going to talk about that on the podcast, but yes, I do. <laughs> you know, they listen to <laughs> That's true. They, they, once they saw, they're like, oh, we have a nice neighbor you're going to become our personal babysitter while we didn't they go to like uh conventions and such they go to conventions they they didn't pay me their teenage son was in the house but just like not babysitting (laughs) it was was just like an unpleasant situation Mm -hmm. all around and there's been other neighbors that i have not enjoyed getting to know i feel like being a good neighbor is just like an important value you have to do it but i mm-hmm. i just would say like yes of course i've had bad experiences yeah. getting to know my neighbors yeah it's true but i do feel like it's helped me i mean we know like our next door neighbors and then we have friends two doors down that we know super well but i have enjoyed this last year from like school again having kids in public school is like the best for making you feel at home because you're kind of forced into it you know but it's been nice to get to know like parents at the bus stop or like the other school parents that live like down the street from us. That has helped me feel a lot more like, oh, I, I'm i not just like an anonymous person in this neighborhood. Like I know more than like two people in the neighborhood, you know. So I don't know. It's helped me feel more like if there was an emergency, I would have someone to call. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's not all bad, but mm-hmm. it's just no. You're right. It's it is. There's risk. There's risk for sure. Yeah. I had a recent experience with becoming more political that could be viewed as bad. Um, I was accosted by those people that try to get you to sign a petition mm-hmm. to get something on the ballot. Always very scary in a parking lot, and I had like Hazel in the car, and I was just like, <laughs> I can't really say no to people, so. They were like, will you sign this petition for blah, blah, blah? And I was like, yeah. So I just wanted to sign it so that they would go away. And upon reading more about it, I don't think I believed in what (laughs) I was signing the petition for. That sounds like something I'd do, too. (laughs) But I did feel, you know, some satisfaction in just becoming more political. Look, we should be able to point. vote on it, mm-hmm. even if you don't believe mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it doesn't mean you and have to vote for it. That's true. I'll, I'll that's no, true. It's just maybe. on the petition. That's yeah, a good I, point. I did that one summer as a job, and I got paid $2 a signature. Wow. So like, it, really, it really made, I probably, made those yeah, people's I day when someone mm-hmm. would sign. We accidentally ended up with a yard sign for a judge last year. I remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because Dave answered the door, 
And he said there were some nice people who were like, and it's very generic things. It's like, would you like the community to be safer? Would you like <laughs> schools to, to like, would you like to support teachers? It's like things that like anyone would support. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And they're like, doesn't that sound nice? And they're like, okay, well, we'll we're just going to like put the sign out here. Like they didn't really ask. <laughs> it was just like a very smooth transition to like, okay, well, so we're going to put so-and-so sign out. And I come home and I'm like, what? Who is, why is there a sign in our yard? And Dave's like, I don't know. They just put it up. And I... I just was like, well, let's take it down till we like research who this is because I'm not really comfortable like <laughs> advertising. And then um, it's very hard to get info on judges. And so I was just overwhelmed and intimidated. So we just took it down. And this judge's sign is still in our sunroom. I don't know what to do with it. I probably should <laughs> I just. I think at this point you can throw it away. I don't... I don't know. Maybe I'll call her and see if she wants it back. I don't know. I think sometimes people I want yard know. signs back. I don't know that they do. Anyway, Maybe. that was my that was my one experience with like a local politician. Remember, I actually have had bad political experience because remember when I campaigned with that one person who was running mm-hmm. for Eagle River office, mm-hmm. and by the end of it, I found her to be so like irritating, and I thought it would be bad for the community that I voted for her opponent. <laughs> That is so yeah. grace. That is such a so grace story. Grace. I love I like, that. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> she's that individual, hasn't she kind of she's kind of lived up to what you thought? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I give she's you work, yeah. I give you credit for being an early like bellwether of like how things yeah. were gonna go. <laughs> yeah, but I probably got some people to vote for. So. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> Okay, so to wrap it up, we always say, like, if we'd recommend the book or not. So would you guys recommend this book to someone, like, to read for themselves? I enjoyed it, but I think that I just like the list. (laughs) I like Mm -hmm. the 10 things. (laughs) Like, it's a good reminder. I already – I didn't need research to prove to me that these were all good things to do to become more, like – acquainted with my community but if you do want the research then I think it's a great book but I think that for me I probably could have just read the list and like I will be referring back to it when I need inspiration Mm -hmm. um I would say maybe I would just recommend trying these ideas (laughs) in Mm -hmm. your own life yeah (laughs) I mean that's sort of what I feel with all self-help books (laughs) it's true yeah (laughs) the chapter headings are all you need Mm-hmm. But I guess the point of them making it a book is just that it keeps reinforcing the idea into your brain until, mm-hmm. like, maybe you're convinced to, like, you know what? I will go out and volunteer at this local thing, you know, whereas mm-hmm. you'll forget it instantly if you just read the list, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I appreciated from the book beyond just, like, the list of, yeah, and I agree, they're kind of anyone who really wants to care about where they live could probably come up with some of these things on their own. But one principle I did enjoy as a takeaway was that she brought up like in the past, people have kind of thought of a place as like something you consume or it's like yours for the enjoyment. Like either you're going to like Miami or you're not, or you're going to like Denver or you're not. And she brought in a lot of research and people who I think it's called like placemaking um, is a term for wherever you live, like making it better. And that's really become like much more of a cultural, like grassroots movement in the last decade or so, instead of just being like, well, this city's kind of falling apart. So we're going to leave, be like, no, like we're going to fix it ourselves and like make a conscious choice to build up wherever you live. And I thought reading about some of those like movements and organizations and stuff was like kind of inspiring. Um, mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's it is yeah, like a pretty true. there's a lot of studies so you could probably breeze through some of them. Um but I think especially if you are kind of like struggling to really feel at home wherever you are, I think it's worth mm-hmm. it's worth like a skim at least. Yeah, I think there were some good ideas that she gave that went deeper, you know, within each of the 10 things on the list mm-hmm. that I think yeah, for someone like me who um, doesn't <laughs> doesn't naturally like where you live or, you know, doesn't naturally do these things on their own, like, I think it was helpful. I think it's worth 
like listening to at double speed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was pleasant. Um, so we'd love to hear from you guys on Instagram. Um, if you follow us, we're at Hop Culture Pod on Instagram. And we would love to hear what's something that's helped you feel rooted in place where you live. And we'd also love to hear like what's something that you love about where you live. Um, so go check out our Instagram and we'll have a post this week um, where you can comment with those and we can kind of share some ideas. And it's just kind of fun to hear. I think it's really interesting to hear different people's experiences with different places because like we said, places that I would never think to love, other people love. And I think that's really cool. So uh, let's finish with Weekly Wins. Who wants to start? My weekly win is that Claire and her children and Grace and her fur child came to my house this weekend. Um, and it was so much fun. Um, we were blessing Dottie at church. Um, so that's why they came. But I've I've been really trying to get Grace to come out here for a while mm-hmm. and it was first time she's made the trip, trip out there. Yeah. And I feel like the cousins got along really well. The cousins being Jet and Louie. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to disagree. There were a lot of like scary, like snarly, <laughs> yelpy moments with skittering. Yeah. And was well, it was very scary. Neither to me. dog likes other dogs. They're so. both incredibly unfriendly towards dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went really well, all things considered. Yeah. Do you feel, Grace, tell me your honest feelings. Like, do you think that they. Which one do you think was worse? Or do you think they were equal? Louis was worse at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I was telling Anne, Jet likes to attack from on high. So if he's <laughs> up on a couch or like he's up on some sort of surface and something he's scared of walks below him, he'll lunge down at it because he's feeling like in a place of power. Um, <laughs> if they're both level, he's super avoidant. Like he yeah, he will run away. Um Whereas Louis just every once in a while, if he gets surprised, like he forgets that just there, he'll just like bark so loud, like get like <laughs> such a big loud bark. Yeah, and kind of like snap at him. So yeah, they were. I don't know. Neither they one was great. great, but I I really think that they could live together happily. Hmm. Yeah, they're brothers. I mean, my kids were fighting all weekend, so it's no really no different than that. You know, mm-hmm. that's just true. Brothers that's true. fight. Too. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> Brothers well, cousins. Fight. Cousins fight. It's yeah. normal. Um, no, it was really fun. It Anne and so Matt were fun. great hosts. We had a great time. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The girls loved it. I'm trying to remember what Ella said. Oh, Dave, because Dave had to stay home. He had work and some church commitments and stuff he had to stay home for. Um, so he was sad he didn't get to come. But when we got home tonight, he was like, Ella, what was your favorite part of Michigan? And Ella was like, swimming, food, the TV. Oh, and we're like the TV, oh. and she's like, "Yeah, she's like their TV is way better than our TV. It's bigger, and it has Disney Plus." And which I'm like, both Anna and I are scamming off of Grace's Disney Plus right now. So I'm like, "Hey, we have the same Disney Plus account on our TV." Oh and Dave gosh. was all like, "Don't tell Matt this. He doesn't listen to the podcast, so we won't get in trouble." But he was like, "Dave," and he wasn't really mad or anything. But he's like, "Is it really bigger?" I think it's just closer because ours is mounted mm-hmm. up on the wall. And I was like, Jeez. I think theirs might be bigger. But he's so like, funny. he was like fixated on that. He's like, is it really bigger? <laughs> um, well, Molly said, they, like, they were asking, Claire was saying, like, you know, tell what we had for dinner because they had like mac and cheese and Matt had smoked a roast that was really good. And Molly said that we had brown meat with a black crust. <laughs> Yeah, she. Kind of the true. kids loved the meat, which they don't really like meat that much. So yeah, that was a high compliment. The yeah, they loved. Crust. They loved the meat. That was the grossest. Was pretty accurate, I guess. It was actually yeah. it was so good. It was good, and it the swimming. So it was fun to swim Ooh. in the pool, and yeah, we had we had a blast. Grace was a very good sport because Molly kept her prisoner as like her pool. Molly uh, in the pool, and Hazel mm-hmm. kept Grace prisoner too. Poor Grace. Yeah, we we're like I was flattered by Aunt Hazel. Grace. Normally Hazel she just kind of looks at gives me some side eye and then is like not going to have it. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, this she's time on her she home realized turf. that she could make Grace do her bidding, so mm-hmm. she would sidle up and grab her hand and like drag her away <laughs> quietly. <laughs> so I think that's our group win. Mm-hmm. I I'm so jealous but I'm very happy to hear that everyone had fun and I really want whatever that roast recipe is um 
my weekly win is not quite as exciting. It's just a TikTok account called Moon and Rue. Um, and it's just this mom who's doing baby led weaning. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> um, but for some reason, the videos of her baby Rue trying different f- <laughs> foods. She's the chunkiest baby you've ever seen. And her little faces are so like, she's like, <laughs> I can't describe it. It's so funny. She's gagging. She's crying. But then <laughs> like the second after she's like delighted by the same food that she just was <laughs> gagging on. There's just something so like joyful about it. I think especially as someone who doesn't, I'm sure that like moms would be like, I'm not going to watch another baby eat. I already do that all day. But if you don't have kids, it's very entertaining um, and very cute. It's also making me realize I am woefully unprepared for motherhood because I don't even know what what is baby led weaning. It just looks like a baby eating foods. I've tried to ask this so many times. I I feel that way even after having four kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what baby led weaning was until after I had already done it with my oldest two. And I was like, oh, this is baby led weaning? I've been doing this the whole time. Like, I didn't even know I was doing some trendy thing. I'm sure people are listening would be like horrified. It's more, I'm sure it's more complicated. (laughs) I think it's giving your kids little pieces of the food you're eating and letting them try it. (laughs) That's what it looks like. It's the one like kind of, you know, trendy, crunchy mama thing I do. And it's just out of ease. So I like to pat myself on the back about it. <laughs> okay. Well, that that makes me feel better. It sounds uh, as simple as I was thinking it was. So that's good. But but yeah, look up that account if you love cute babies trying steak for the first time. Okay. I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow Hop Culture Pod for more fun. See you next week.